Good morning again. Give me a moment to get set up. I have a timer. I was told 15 minutes. I know you all aren't used to the Baptist tradition where you go until you're done. I I want people to come back. Oh, good. I heard somebody said I am. That's good. So you're okay if I go for 45 minutes. But um, I'm going to stick to my 15-minute window. I was at a Unitarian church, and they had a clock. And I said, wow, this is, this is pretty intense. So um, once again, I'm very grateful and, and blessed and, and honored to, to be here. I give all honor and praise to God, the supreme being, God in human form, Jesus Christ, and God, the Holy Spirit. And I also want to thank Pastor V, as I like to call her, and Sister Heidi, um, who recently just finished her studies at Yale Divinity School. So I think that definitely deserves a, deserves a hand. Um, so I'm just grateful to be here. So I will say a short prayer, and then I will press my button to start my 15 minutes. So if you could just bow your heads for a moment. Most gracious and holy God, we come before you thanking you for allowing us to see another day and a day that we have not seen before. Lord, we ask that as we are here today, that as your word goes forth, that it is truly your word and that as your word comes forth, comes forth, you would increase and the preacher would decrease so that people would truly be blessed by whatever it is you have for them. Lord, we thank you and we praise you, and it's in your precious son Jesus' name that we lift up this prayer. Amen. Okay. And start. So our scripture is from the book of Psalms, verse 10. It's right down in front of your bulletin. Creating in me clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. And in different interpretations, clean heart is going to be loyal. And we're going to talk about what that means today. On Thursday of last week, I was fortunate enough to accompany a teacher on a field trip where we visited various religious institutions throughout Fairfield. So we visited a Catholic church, a congregational church, is it Green, Greenfield Hill, the daughter church. We visited there. We visited a synagogue. We visited a Muslim mosque. And last, we visited a Buddhist temple. I was heavily recruited by the Buddhist monks as we had a lot in common. And what we had in common was that they focused specifically on fixing yourself and centering yourself and what kind of person you should be. And we discussed how that's a very necessary thing in the Christian church. And that ties into my sermon about God's VIP, which has to do with God's vision, God's image, and God's purpose. So I'm going to start with a little parable. 
it's a twist on an old parable called the frog and the scorpion. So one day after a very powerful rainstorm, a frog hops out and sees that his home has been destroyed. But he's also blessed to see that on the other side of a pond is a new home. And so, like some of us have to do that a little more seasoned, he had to stretch a little bit before he got ready to try and swim across to the new home. And so as he's stretching, he's getting ready, a wood scorpion comes out and says, hey, that was a terrible storm. I'm glad we survived it. What are you doing? And the frog says, well, I'm getting ready to go over to the other side. That's my destiny. God has blessed me with a new, better home. So I'm going to head over there. So the scorpion says, wow, it looks great over there. Can I go with you? I'm going to hop on your back and just swim. You can just swim us over. Frog says, I don't know, scorpion. You're known for stinging. And if you sting me, that venom will paralyze me and we'll both drown. The scorpion says, come on. Why would I do that and hurt us both? The frog says, okay, you got a point. I'm sure you don't want to drown as well. Hop on. So they get about halfway across. Scorpion stings the frog. The frog gets paralyzed, seizes up, and starts to drown and says to the scorpion, why would you do something like this? We're both going to drown. And the scorpion says, it was just my nature. I couldn't help myself. So what's the parable? Well, as I like to tell my young students, you really shouldn't tell everything that you're going to do and be involved in on social media because you're sharing God's vision for your life. Everybody isn't always happy for you. And you have to work on what's called the triple S, the scorpion security system. Some of you have a great scorpion security system. My mother is one of those people. She has a level of wisdom where she'll meet someone and she'll look at me and go, mm, got to be careful with that person. And those of us that have been around long enough is that's wisdom. And so we've been stung enough that we know. So that characteristic is very important in enacting God's vision for your life. So I move on to image, which is where we really see the use of the scripture of creating a new heart and getting a new heart. Now, I've learned this in counseling people that have gone through grief. When somebody suffers a, a great loss, there are two kinds of people that show up. There's your family, and then there's your relatives. Let me draw the distinction for you. Family comes to support you, grieve with you, and help you make it through your tremendous loss. Relatives want to know where's the will, who has power of attorney, who's getting what, how they're going to get it, and what they deserve. And it's very important to be able to have that triple S system to recognize that in those situations. And we really need to know about God's image when we're hurt. I only talk about two kinds of hurt. There's heartbreak, and there's where, you're, there's where you give your heart to someone. 
Heartbreak is bad, but you have pieces when your heart is broken. And Jesus or the Holy Spirit can come help you put those pieces back together. When you give your heart to somebody, that's a whole different beast because now you don't have anything. And our enemy, the devil, recognizes when there's an emptiness and he'll give you things to fill that void. That void. And that can be very problematic. So I always use two examples, for, especially for men. We're socialized to not talk about our pain. We just internalize it. And if you don't go to God and ask for a clean heart, and a clean heart can also be interpreted as loyal. You're asking God to give you something that you can't give yourself. If you don't, then Satan comes in and gives you other things because you're taught to just act like that pain isn't there. And then you become what's called emotionally unavailable. Now, on the side with the ladies, I've learned this as a dad. My daughter almost caused me to have a car accident. She's a senior now. She's getting ready to graduate. So we're driving. She says, Dad, how do you know when you're in love? And I almost crashed the car. Pray a quick prayer because I need God to come in and give me the right words. Because that's trust. She's trusting dad with this, you know, give his analysis. And this is what I say that goes into making sure you have a clean heart. I say, well, sweetie, the most important thing I can tell you that will carry you through the rest of your life is how you feel isn't as important as how somebody treats you. Because how you feel about them is one thing. How they're treating you shows you how, you how they feel about you. So in other words, you give your heart to them, how they treat you shows you whether or not they value your heart. And so I said, hopefully you'll keep that one with you as you head off to college. But, you know, fortunately I didn't crash the car, but it was a, it was a close call on that one. So those are things we have to look at when we're asking God to renew uh, a right spirit and create a clean heart. In the Hebrew, it's a tahir, tahir heart. It's a loyal heart. So our last thing is walking in God's purpose. That's our VIP, vision, image, and purpose. When you walk in God's purpose, I call it the three Ps. Purpose means you don't have time to play with people. And I like to play, I like to joke around like anybody else does. But when it comes to God's purpose for my life, I'm very serious about that because you're not going to get do-overs. So I've done a lecture with um, some young men, and they asked me to come in at a Notre Dame of West Haven. And I said, we do a thing called windows. And I tell them, life gives you windows. Now, the great thing about God is God will keep opening windows, but you need to recognize when you're in certain windows. And I tell them high school is a window that sets up the next phase of your life, that sets up the next phase of your life. And you need to always be in tune with God's purpose for your life so you recognize, all right, I'm in this window now. I need to do what I need to do so I can set up the next windows of my life. And so when we move as God's VIP and God's purpose, we're looking inward. Other groups, unfortunately, especially those that will call themselves Christians, all they do is attack other people, other groups. 
and they just feed us everyone else's fault. And you see this now, unfortunately, with what just happens in Buffalo, where there's an entire manifesto, like dozens of pages written, just blaming other groups and then carrying out basically a domestic terrorist attack. It's not the first time that's happened, and it's not the first time we've seen that recipe that's followed. And it really comes back to what the Buddhist and I were talking about in terms of the Eightfold Path and all the things we were discussing about your inward self, is tapping into God's vision and then becoming the image of who God wants us to be and then living out that purpose. So I thank you for your time today. I really count it as a blessing and an honor to be here before you again. And hopefully I'll get a chance to see you next Saturday at Spring Into Action. Thank you and God bless you. Look at that. Right on time. <laughs> I can't